0: On this week's episode we have a great guest in store. We have Mr. Corey Levine, the field manager at the University of North Florida. This is an awesome episode where we dive into college athletics and everything that's going on um down in Florida, especially uh when it comes to sort of introducing yourself to a new space. Corey is in his second year there. Um, working on developing uh, his own routine, his own facilities, making adjustments based on what he has learned and knows what needs to get done. Um, And we really dive into what he's been doing to improve the facility, Um, whether that's cultural practices, renovations, things like that. It is just awesome to be able to talk about all the different things he has going on um, and just to really Uh, Learn about what it takes to be a sports field manager in the state of Florida. Um, There are so many different variables when we talk about the different locales here in the United States and being able to learn about how insane uh, the amount of rain that they get down in Florida compared to, say, maybe a Colorado who has an insane amount of snow. Um, And just to see the different practices and different ways of sort of combating those challenges and facing them head on. Um, it truly was an awesome episode and it was incredible to get to talk to Corey. Uh, um, you definitely don't want to miss out on this one. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Welcome back to the 96th episode of Tiger Turf Talk. I'm your host, Drew Miller, with your co-host, Liz Rice, and our new producer, Dakota Garber, who's behind the camera right now. Um... We are with the athletic field superintendent of the University of North Florida, Mr. Corey Levine. How are you doing this morning, this afternoon? I'm
1: doing great, Drew. Thanks for having me on.
0: No, thank you for making this place look phenomenal. I mean, you went above and beyond for us, so I can't thank you enough for that. We got it on the table, the Jaguars and everything, the helmet, I freaked out a little bit. I was like, whoa, okay, I didn't expect that much, you know, but thank you so much for that, uh, and we really appreciate it
1: course man that's
0: the least i could do so with everything you've had a pretty crazy journey uh working at a bunch of different places leading up to this again incredible work that you've been doing at north florida uh just watching the transformation over the past couple years of again a field that drainage wise is not the best but you make it work and it's getting better each year what has your journey been like through the turf industry and how did you get to this point at north florida
1: Yeah, so I kind of took a different route, you know, than most people. I didn't go to school for sports turf um, whatsoever, but worked in the parks and rec sector uh, here in North Florida for about 10 years, um, dealing with youth and adult sports. And coming with that, you tend to learn a lot about your facilities that you're using uh, that are usually either owned by the city or uh, what have you. And uh, wanting to make those the best for your participants, you start taking on a lot of those tasks of Uh, mowing the grass or uh, trying to get grass to grow and painting lines and um, starting with nothing um, and just trying to build that experience for your participants. Um, So I did that for, you know, COVID hit in 2020 and um, decided not to return there and and made a uh, kind of a 180 career change and went and worked uh, for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars turf staff and uh, absolutely fell in love with it there um went through a few different changes after that we went to uh run a soccer complex it was almost 20 acres with 20 fields so uh got to you know dabble in that a little bit and uh ended up over here uh at the University of North Florida here just a couple years post-COVID uh going into year two now of being here and uh loved every second of it so far.
0: Now, with everything there, what's your facility made up of? I know soccer is a big part, baseball, probably softball. Is there anything else that you're uh, managing? And like, like we were just talking about, the field superintendent, but also everything in between and uh, beyond, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so um, we have a lot of varsity sports programs here, uh, men's and women's soccer. So we have two soccer programs, unlike some of the other colleges that uh, may just have women's soccer. Uh, beach volleyball, we have a beach volleyball complex here that was recently constructed uh softball baseball men's and women's tennis swimming um as well as a big track and field program uh we just installed a a bind and track around our main soccer stadium which is one of the nicest surfaces in the country um not being biased with that at all um (laughs) just installed a a new artificial uh, turf practice field and track right adjacent to it Uh, we do a lot of track and field meets uh, we host the NCA East Regional every other year, a lot of AAU Nationals, so some big track meets. I uh, learned a lot about that my first year here, uh, as well as seven acres of intramural fields on split between two sites on campus as well um, that me and my crew uh, take care of. So uh, a lot going on here all the time, uh, and it always keeps me on my toes, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um- what has it been like for you sort of putting your own stamp on the the facilities itself, sort of making it uh, like maybe the Levine way type of uh, deal with everything? I mean, there are so many things going on and Florida is an animal in itself when it comes to weather and rain. And God bless you for that, because I am not dealing with that much rain when it comes to managing a field. Um, How has it been sort of putting your own touch on the facility and getting sort of over that hump to where it is your facility now?
1: Yeah. A lot of that is when I first started here, big thing that I wanted to do is make sure that I had a good relationship with my coaches, you know, and players, that's your end user. Uh, And sometimes in division one athletics, you don't necessarily get that with larger scale power five type uh, places, but um, being here, you know, I have a good relationship with all of our coaches. Uh, They respect what we do. Um, They take care of their facility. I think better now that they have a good understanding of what goes into it. We, um, Try to, you know, the first year I was here. Over the last twelve months, we, I kind of, you know, let a lot of processes and stuff stay in place that were already kind of in motion. That coaches that have been here a long time were used to. But now it's really that time, uh, you know, over the course of the summer, our cultural practices, everything like that changed um, going into that. So um, doing things a little bit differently, using a little bit different equipment and uh, frequency of things uh got a little more intense uh, over my you know last couple months here uh, with some stuff like that. but um, to be honest, if it, it's not um, you know too too much, but you know, I hope that people do see the difference of <laughs> of my my fields uh, versus anything else. so um, that's always what we strive for.
0: absolutely. Um, with everything that you have going on, what are some of those uh, more intense practices that you've been working on? Uh, I'm sure, thatch buildup and everything when it comes to the Bermuda field obviously um I don't know who was there before obviously I'm not trying to slander anybody's name or anything but like it holds water well um which obviously there is an exuberant amount of water but what are some of those cultural practices that are a little bit more extreme that you've been trying to use to benefit you in sort of the long run of leading into the season now probably you're probably quarter of the way through right
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't played enough games to make it feel like that yet uh, because of the weather here. Um, But our soccer stadium, our our Hodge Stadium is a USGA spec sand-based field. So um, I do expect it to drain well. Uh, We've just been having issues with uh, outfall and ponds and things of that nature to uh, not allow us to release as much water. I'm actually watching them from the top of our press box here now. We're pumping out water from retention pond to retention pond, trying to help eliminate some of that. You know, We received 10 inches of rain. Just in the last week alone, um, so it's it <laughs> oh is a constant, nope. it is a constant battle. Um, you know, our afternoon thunderstorms last week uh, clocked in four or five inches of rain on a given day. So too, <laughs> a little bit more, yeah, sleep, a little right? a little bit more than what y'all are probably dealing <laughs> with over there.
0: I think maybe uh, we've had four inches this summer. I'm gonna be honest with you, like all together. Now the last couple of weeks there's been more, but over this summer we had a pretty decent drought there that was not. The best, but sorry to interrupt.
1: (laughs) No, it's all good. But just as far as culturally, you know, this summer, um, I kind of came in uh, in July of 21 full time, uh, kind of in a, uh, you know, everything was not in a great shape for me to want to be as aggressive as I wanted to um, on some of these surfaces. So um, trying to figure out what the uh, cultural plan was that was being done while. Uh, in the interim between me taking over uh, and that time lapse, um, but then just trying to grow in. So uh, working with the folks over with uh, laser turf, uh, we did have to replace 10,000 square feet with, uh, you know, ready to play thick cut sod um, from precision turf uh, when I first got here. So that was, um, you know, a, a little project right off the bat the first couple weeks here. Um, but now after growing in last year, this summer, we we're really aggressive with our verticutting. Um, we only mow, you know, collecting clippings with baskets and uh, things like that. Uh, as far as aerification as well, uh, uh, we did two core aerifications uh, during the summer. And right now, just trying to move some water in the profile of the soil, uh, we have an Air 2G2 machine that's being lent to us. So we uh, have been lucky enough to, to have that toy to, to try to help us get, get these games in during this rainy season.
0: How has that Air 2G2 done for you? What is it? What have you seen sort of change? I mean, the technology of just sort of sort of like fracking your soil is kind of a crazy idea that they may come true. So what has that sort of been like for you? What benefits have you seen from it?
1: Um, it's definitely a good tool to have, you know, if your facility uh, can arrange to get one. Uh, it. We do have some areas on some fields that do retain more water than others. And that's just the nature of, of older fields. Um we do uh, see a good difference in it actually helping move water through that profile um, in the top layer to we also you know implemented the use of some wetting agents to to try to penetrate water through that upper layer uh, of the field as, you know as well um, but with the air 2g2 it's you know uh, it's really fun when you're out there for a couple hours using it and then you get another four inches of rain um, <laughs> so you know set. For it's sure. it's a give it, it's a give and take with the industry, but um, we have seen success using it. And um, like I said, if you can have one and use it and have time to go out there and do it, it, it I, I've seen good results from it.
0: It's also you're able to do it right during the rain, right? If it was raining out,
1: if if you would like to, you can. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's you don't. But if <laughs> someone <laughs> wants to be stupid and do it, then be our guest. Yes, <laughs> go
1: right. Go right ahead.
0: Um. So you brought it up a little bit before we started. Uh, It's sort of beyond anything when it comes to just the field. Um, What are some of those different facility things that you sort of had to focus on and been able to sort of combat and sort of maybe like your labor working, like, okay, we have this to get done, and this is just part of your scheduled day, you know, like get this done so we don't have to deal with it later on. Uh, Or is there anything else when it comes to the facility?
1: Yeah, I mean, so you know we're a mid-major division one uh university so staffing isn't huge here with us especially on the facility side of things so uh as of right now full-time uh we have one full-time facilities uh coordinator uh and then myself and then we have graduate assistants that help us so um we are responsible for a lot more than just the field itself or i i'll say i am responsible for more than the field itself um I was here last night till 11 p.m. We were getting uh, LED lights in all of our facilities right now. Um, And the easiest time to work on certain areas of fields is at night when classes are over on campus. Um, So we were here putting softball lights in and finishing that up last night till about 11 o'clock. Everything uh, around the fields themselves, common areas. um, You know, we are responsible for that as well. Field drainage projects, scoreboards, video boards um, any game day operational type stuff. It's, it's me and one other guy right now. Um, so we do, uh, (laughs) we do have a lot on our plates, you know, he has his stuff. And then obviously my priority is, is the playing surfaces, but then there is everything around it. Also, uh, you know, we built soccer goals this summer, which is never a fun project, but, um, it does kind of put the cherry on top when the field looks good. And you have a new set of quick goal soccer goals out there and that type of thing. So, um, we have a lot going on. We do a lot of external events. Um, we had the Jaguar players here this summer uh, while their practice fields are being built right now. Um, some of the quarterbacks and wide receivers came out, so we painted an NFL, um, uh, you know, an NFL field on our soccer stadium field for them to do training on. Uh, we normally will host the Tax Slayer Bowl practices as well uh, for the SEC team. So there's always something, always something going on that we're <laughs> we'll have our hands in.
0: <laughs> Don't you wish they had uh, a way to help you guys? You know, after you rent, you sort of rent your field out to a professional team that has like a lot of money. You know, sometimes you wish people would notice that. You know, yeah, um, I
1: have a, I have the phone numbers of some people that can do it. We just need the
0: <laughs> we need the, r- the uh, rip it out. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right. What? has been your relationship with the athletic department, obviously at a collegiate level. Um, I I was again, working when I was in school uh, meeting some of those people that again, are the athletic directors over maybe soccer. And then there's the uh, marketing teams and all the different groups that you have to work with uh, to again, make a facility work for these again, collegiate level events. Um, what has it been like sort of developing those relationships with those teams to again, make, a coherent, well-run athletic program.
1: Yeah. So, being in facilities, we uh, we are the go-to for almost anything that happens. Um, but I think being here over the first year and them seeing the the pride that you know I take in the playing surfaces, almost anything that's going to happen out here now will come through. Um, either, you know, me and my deputy athletic director, who you know is my boss, um, and he'll normally deflect. You know, for it to come to me. Um, about any type of external uses of uh, you know rentals or uh, you know uh, alumni games or inter squad you know anything like that, um, which we appreciate a lot more. And you know you know if you're asked first, you're normally more inclined to say yes. Um, just as long as it's within in, you know means to do so. You don't like um, it
0: for forgiveness. I tend to do this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. And, and like I said, so going back to you know the relationship with the coaches. Um, you know, we did just install a an astroturf synthetic practice field, which also doubles as a recreational intramural field in the evenings um in, in our climate too, that field does get pretty hot uh in the in the summertime like right now um so those soccer coaches that practice you know whoever 's got that eleven to one time slot will ask to come use the game field and you know as long as we 're not doing anything and we're within reason they you know we're fine with that um but just not doing. Uh, keeper training inside the six yard box two hours (laughs) you know Um, what's wrong
0: with that you know like what's gonna happen (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, that's that's the third gray hair um from being you know this last week but we're not um, gonna talk about
0: gray (laughs) hair story at all third gray hair Um, thousands but yeah
1: like i think some guests of yours have talked about before too just having that open line of communication uh with every coach and and every anybody you can uh, i think is the best way to go and some people may not agree with that um but i'm a hundred percent would rather them send me a text message than for them to go run around on a field that we just you know sprayed a pers- post-emergent herbicide on um so those, just things of that those, nature
0: those are the best they're like wait i can't be on here not if you want to like lose a leg you know Never. Yeah, you know, (laughs) or we
1: just sprayed, you know, Roundup around the warning track. Well, what do you mean we can't use the field? You just sprayed the warning track. Well, you're gonna walk through that to get to the field. So there's just you know
0: (laughs) all these dead spots on the field. I wonder
1: explain it to me like I'm six. So that's you know, that's kind of my viewpoint on that.
0: Absolutely. Um with everything that you have going on, uh has there been something that you've enjoyed a little bit more than the rest? You know, obviously when it comes to a sports field manager, a lot of people don't talk about this, but your field is your baby. You know, everything that you're doing is making sure that they're okay, ready to go at the highest level for, again, your athletes to stay safe. But at the same time, we love putting our aesthetic little touch on it, make it look nice and everything. What's been sort of the uh, your favorite part about your job?
1: Um, so I've, I've fallen in love with baseball. So that was one thing that coming over here, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, – upper level experience with, uh, and was a little nerve wracking. Um, but obviously with this industry and being able to talk to so many people, um, we have an amended Dura edge infield. So learning that, you know, was, you know, I'm still learning that and I'll tell everybody that, I mean, you're still learning it. That's
0: a never ending cycle, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and there's so much to it, but with baseball, you can kind of always put your touch on the field. You know, we had almost 40 games this season just on baseball alone and whether it be a mowing pattern, uh, you know, being able to choose what kind of conditioner we're using on a different areas to, to dress it up. Um, you know, stuff like that, baseball and just the, the way the guys treat, uh, myself and my staff, uh, as far as with respect to the surface as well, whether it be pitchers, um, you know, either texting me or finding me to say, Hey, can we throw bullpens on this, on this bullpen today? Um, can we help you fix it after, um, just little things like that. And especially the coaching staffs too. Um, that stuff has been really uh, enjoyable so far Mm -hmm. being here.
0: It's definitely something you want to hear. Uh, It's something that's unique about our program is we have a lot of those athletes in our classes. So like they, they take great pride in what they're doing um, and always wanting what's best, not just for their teams, but for them themselves, you know? Um,
1: Exactly. And we have a, you know, a lot of kids that are due code transfers kind of at our level here, or, you know, came from good high school programs. So they're kind of used to doing a lot of stuff, even at the high school level. Um, kind of like your kids do now, um, and when you do it on a baseball field, you, you know you do take a little more appreciation for it um, as a user of the field.
0: Absolutely, especially when it comes to like mounds. You know when it, when you have pitchers who are pitched on those mounds that you know are like, you know, like this is not something that we really want mm-hmm. to be pitching off of. And then they come in, and you're probably using like a Dura black stick or something for your mound. Like, oh, this is how. This is how it's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and, that and this it, is
1: why we'll, you know, this is why we'll fix it for you after.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think someone else, I think Cody out at Stanford, their coach makes them take care of the mound, which yeah. is great and all, but again, you, you as the, the groundskeeper want to make sure it's perfect. Uh, even with all that, you know, so. Um, sure. uh, Now, I I have a funny question and I, you can tell me we're not going to talk about this because we have one and he's annoying as hell. Uh, the robot paint machine. Um, (laughs) so my explanation, so ours is called squints. Um, and, uh, it's the tiny mobile robot, right? Uh, I, my explanation for him being a pain in the ass is always, if I had to measure everything and string it out, we would still take more time to do that than the waiting 30 minutes for him to actually work um you had a fun experience with the turf tank yeah i did um what what was that like for you sort of making sort of that decision to start again a company while you're working uh again a great idea there are so many people that need it and all our athletic directors our middle schools are calling us about it right now but what was that sort of venture like for you and how was that experience in the end Oh.
1: Yeah. So All right. All um, right. I won't go too deep in the weeds of that, but we, you know, the whole idea, we started a company called Robo and it was basically just, um, and it was before I came here, but it was more to, to help local athletic directors, coaches, or whoever just put a field down fast. And um, I would just see from being in parks and rec for so long that like, let's say a field got rained out and had to move. You can't just do that. You know, there's very rarely a synthetic field you're going to move to that's already lined. But if you're going to a different field, that's a whole new layout, uh, you know, which could take you guys another three, four, five hours to do. Um, when I was with our soccer club, I had that, you know, my personal one and we had a game field that got rained out, and I said, give me 30 minutes. We plugged turf tank in and, and popped an eleven aside soccer field down in like forty, you know, 30, 40 minutes, and we saved a team from going all the way back to Georgia and we got the game in. That's so, cool. you know, that, that's that's kind of where the, the idea came from. Uh, we ended up having a lot of technical issues when it came to the football side of things. Uh, football is not a real big sport on the other side of the world when it came to uh, building the programming for it. Um, I've learned a lot about it over the year um, or so of not having it. Um, There's a lot of cool technology that they are implementing. Um, I had the guys from Turf Tank out here actually a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Florida State Seminoles were here doing a training camp. So it was kind of a good opportunity for them to bring the robot out, show me the upgrades to it um, to help us kind of get that football field lined at the same time. Um, and it worked, it worked flawlessly in that situation. Um, so going forward with it, you know, I have um, huge aspirations that eventually those things, like all things will get the kinks worked out of them. Um, and, you know, we may possibly get one here just to help with our intramural uh, linings and, and external events. But um just with the labor shortages we've had, but, um, to start now, I didn't have a great experience with it. Um, but the idea itself, I think is, uh, it's, it's, it's getting there. I just think we're a it's few years ahead.
0: A great idea for sure. Um, like I said, ours, he has a mind of its own and he decides when he wants to work. I, I don't know how to fix it, honestly, but, uh, in due time he works. So, sure. <laughs> um, So you said
1: that you were in parks and rec, would you ever want to go back or are you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I I feel like everything, there's a love and hate relationship with it. Um, so, you know, we had 20 acres of, uh, Bermuda grass out there and, uh, very little money to spend to maintain it, but we did do a lot of things to kind of, um, to get them to where I thought that they were some of the best in that County at the time. um, so if the right opportunity presented itself, uh, I wouldn't, I, I never turn anything down, uh, to, to listen to it. Um, but I do like the aspect being at the college level, um, with collegiate athletes, uh, and a collegiate budget to work with. Um, you know, we do have our games on ESPN. So the, you know, getting to see your work and, you know, even my family members that aren't around this area can't always come by and see the place, but they'll just turn on ESPN plus. You know, you know, we host some pretty big teams uh, like Florida Gators and the Seminoles and uh, things like that. Um, so I think that aspect of it is cool. So um, I never tell anybody to shy away from Parks and Wright because you do meet a lot of really cool people. Um, and usually a lot of those people have been there a really, a really long time mm-hmm. um, and have a lot of cool, uh, cool advice to give you. Was it hard at all transitioning from parks and recs to the collegiate level? Like, was there anything drastically different that you had to, like, get used to again? Um, I think just level of expectations and managing those as well. Um, obviously, uh, going to ask for things. You know, my boss always tells mm-hmm. me when I walk into his office, uh, how much money do I need now? Because um, you are, you know, right. uh, you, <laughs> you so are a department gosh. that
0: you should be able to ask for things, you know? <laughs> yeah.
1: So you, we do spend money, um, and to get the surfaces to where you want them, uh, that is a requirement, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, challenge wise, I think just, uh, it was more pressure on me as a person. Uh, I had more, um, expectations of myself, um, to get these surfaces to where, uh, I thought they were division one quality, uh, aesthetically and, uh, Uh, safety-wise, so they were playing safe and uh, nobody had any complaints, but going back to it, that open line of communication, I I tell coaches, I said, I can't be on every field every second of the day. If they see something, just say something and let me know, and then that way um, I mean, it can be as simple as, you know a strength coach came up to me earlier this week and he said, hey, there's a water coming out of the ground at the beach volleyball complex, and you know, they end up breaking their host picking off that they washed their feet off with.
0: Just leave it. Just (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, water whenever
1: you but need. But that could have been running for three days if somebody doesn't say something. So there's, um, I, I, I I like it here. I like the the collegiate experience. That we'll we'll see where where we go from here next.
0: I was gonna say again, you with the Jaguars, it's obviously an awesome time being able to paint the fields and see everything that's going on at the the national level when it comes to football. Any aspirations beyond what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, everybody's goal is to always end up in professional sports. Um, But seeing that side of things and seeing um, it's sometimes the lack of control and sometimes it's um, the opposite. But kind of like what our our guys in Houston were dealing with, the ridicule and stuff, and nobody understands the situation of what's actually going on. It's really hard to bite your teeth sometimes and, and not say anything. Um, or what's going on in Chicago right now with, so let's I think, I,
0: Chicago, geez I
1: think I think a phenomenal idea and a uh, the best case scenario for the situation that they're dealing with right now um, you know everybody was complaining about how it looked and and everything a few weeks ago a brand new surface goes in and they're still complaining so it's um, I think eventually I'll get there but I, I am happy where I am right now
0: See, and it's funny <laughs> I love how you bring up again having the Again, when you talk about a field, when you cover it for uh, 48 hours the day before a game, like you can't expect it to come out looking beautiful and perfect. But again, those guys did so much work to ensure that it was safe to play on. It wasn't something that, again, was going to hurt a player. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you bring in this brand new surface that everyone's working with. um, That, again, with everything that we do, it's the premier surface and everyone knows better than us and everyone knows better than Chad Price and Chris Ecton and those guys. And it's like, what are we talking about?
1: And that's sometimes where the, you know, the platforms like I'm, I'm big on Twitter and and being able to use that uh, to our advantage sometimes. But um, it's hard, like I said, to bite your teeth sometimes when people uh, who don't do this for a living and, and don't have the knowledge or don't even do a Google search before just bashing what they're doing. Um, it, it's hard to see sometimes. And I think that's why organizations like the SFMA and uh, even our local chapters are doing a better job of kind of articulating the message of what we actually do and why we do it.
0: Yeah. Especially, I mean, in Chicago, the the fact that no one's like having faith in what, and they're like, we've had a terrible service for years. Like, no, you okay. really didn't. But yeah. at the same time, like, Look at Green Bay and they're your arch rival. I almost comment. I literally almost commented on one of the the one guy. He was really, really rude about everything. Is like, this isn't going to root within six days, whatever. I almost commented, like, why can Green Bay do it and not you?
1: Yeah, and they just don't and understand be, what, what the, the arch
0: rival yeah. in the football arena, you know, just <laughs> giving that little gut punch, you know, be like, hey, why don't you trust what's happening is going to be good for your field, you know?
1: So. Yeah, you know they don't understand how you know the fields are grown on plastic too. I mean, there's some some stadiums that they may never root. I mean, that's I mean what the Jags are going through this year. They don't have a practice facility, and they're literally doing what um they did up at UNC Chapel Tennessee. Hill a couple yeah. years ago. We they have 13 uh, fields at the farm right now, ready to go in. There's one going in this Sunday, week prior to the game, and it's going to happen all season long. Um, but a lot of that stuff, um, you know, I know a lot of sports reporters in our area. They don't even know that. They just think, oh, the Jags are practicing in the stadium. Hmm, I wonder what it's going to look like on Sunday.
0: <laughs> and I think I think that's the biggest like misnomer of what our industry is: is that we're kind of hidden, and not in like a, a way that's like, oh, you're never going to see the groundskeeper. In a way that we, like you've said, you get the job done. It's ready to go. And they just come in the day of the game, they see the field, it's perfect, and they're like, oh, great, let's play. There's no, okay, they're practicing here every single day, you got 450 pound men working in the same spot for an hour and a half in a a smaller space than what they're used to when it comes to their practice facility, and you just expect the grass to be fine, you know, and most sports field managers can deal with that and can get through it. But again, being at the NFL level, they're expecting it to be uh, a higher pedigree than say a parks and rec or collegiate, you know? Um, so with all of that, um, and I'll go back to Chicago because uh, Chris Acton's a good friend of mine and I feel bad for him because he's been working on this project for a long time. He's been excited about it. And I think the home was going to play great up there until December. You know, when you talk about when you, when you think about it, like, it's no longer actually actively growing they can put in the bluegrass field for the playoff push that they're never going to have. So, um, <laughs> I'll take shots at them if they take shots at us, you know? Um, <laughs> so if you
1: were to go pro, do you have like an opinion on what team you want to go work for or where? I don't think the team matters. I think climate matters to me more. Um, I, I haven't had well, the yet. great opportunity to, uh, go experience the Northern climates. But from what I see all over the internet, I don't want to, um, I'll take the rain and the uh, 200% humidity, I think over the snow. Mm.
0: Um, I don't know about but, the humidity, but yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, growing Bermuda, Bermuda grass, you know, it's, it is a challenge. I mean, I'm looking out, I can see every blade of grass from where I'm sitting up in this press box. Um, and we are facing challenges when you get through so much water, uh, you start getting a lot of disease and, um, things of that nature. And then, you know, just trying to catch up on mowing. Uh, when you're trying to mow fine turf grass at, at a height like that, it's, it presents a lot of challenges um, with the weather we have. But I don't think so much the team going, you know, talking about professional teams, but uh, baseball has piqued my interest. Um, but, you know, like everything, it comes with its challenges with its schedule and uh, how many games they play. Even minor league baseball, you know, we have the, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, right down the road from us here and I see the, the grind that um, Christian and Chris put in day in and day out to try to keep that place uh, in immaculate condition it's it's tough it is tough
0: it's also hard at the budget they probably have you know so it's like you said yeah. it is a grind and you have to love it for sure so um that's what Liz is piqued by baseball she's very interested oh, in yeah. baseball so <laughs> she's yeah a, sorry go ahead
1: yeah, I mean, it's got, you know, and we have softball here too. So, I mean, you know, uh, I don't have a, a, a major crew, like some, you know, university of Florida, you know, they have Todd down there that manages baseball. Um, you know, they've got softball, you know, so, uh, you know, on game days, you know, I think my first weekend here, both we had nine softball games and a three game home series for baseball. So, um, when we talk about, you know, spring, um, I don't want to get PTSD thinking back to last spring, but we were here a lot. Um, we were here a lot, and especially when you had games that started at very similar times between doubleheaders. You know, your, your mind is kind of all over the place. I think we had one day where we did have, I think, five softball games and a doubleheader for baseball. And you're trying to figure out, like, how am I going to get from here to here and then- how- I think we had like 905, we water, 915, we water over here. And then we, you know, prep this, um, you almost have to write it out. So we're all on the same page, but, uh, at the end of the day we get it done and, uh, we try to put out the best product we can for, for these kids here.
0: And there's no greater feeling than finishing that last little turn of the lights off and head home, you know? So, uh, um... yeah,
1: at, at, at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it could be it could be earlier but (laughs) um but i mean i mean with everything it's it is a passion and you got to love what you're doing um where where is your passion rooted in it i mean obviously you had different opportunities that you were talking about where you found sort of that love for turf management what has it really been for you to again keep working till those 1 a.m mornings you know yeah i think it's just
1: a love for sport in general um I've I've always, I grew up playing sports, grew up playing, you know, baseball, basketball uh, and things like that. But then after learning about this industry, just finding, you know, obviously I found my passion in it. Even when I was in the parks and rec side, I'd much rather be on a mower than trying to respond to upset youth sports parents um, because their kid didn't play enough in a game. Um, so <laughs> uh, I, I did enjoy that side of it more. And I think the challenge and then seeing the end result too. So we went through a transition. We subcontract out um, some of our services here, but I went through a transition earlier this year and uh, we transitioned pretty rough out of the overseed. And, um, but I, you know, everybody's worried, um, you know, and we said, just please trust me. We're, we're going to get through this because that was how uh, our soccer stadium kind of got damaged pretty bad uh, before I took over uh, where we had to spend quite a bit of money on some thick cut sod. Um, but, you know, we, we, we got it in. It, it came in probably the best. Of, you know, even the soccer coaches have said they've seen it in a long time. Um, and, you know, when you when you see it and it's ready for that first home game, you got your pattern burned in, uh, your lines are nice and bright. Uh, I think being able to come up even where I'm sitting now at the top of the press box and see that, it's just that sense of accomplishment too. And then they tear it up and then you – fix it and do it all do over it again. again
0: right <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's yeah. all about you know bringing yeah. back what was and maintaining it so definitely yeah stay-
1: I, I think that and then just trying to keep them away from growing entirely plastic surfaces that's the uh i know that's yeah, your, get, your pet peeve um, we can
0: get into that i mean if you want to. <laughs> and again i i have gotten i've gotten a lot more respect for professionals like like brian bajorn and nick pappas like There are times where it's going to have to happen, but once again, I'll use this example. FIFA's coming in 2026, and Mercedes-Benz is one of those places, and there is no way to actually get light in there other than artificially. So when you look at it face value, yes, it's still an incredible venue and everything, but the standard FIFA has set, having to have those natural grass playing surfaces, you're at a real disadvantage when it comes to things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm sure they'll have five fields ready for that uh just prepping and having it ready to go in and out and i'm just curious if they have a hallway to get it in. <laughs>
1: you know yeah i mean so but um yeah i mean i just um seeing the the importance of it I, I also work just very part-time for the nfl so i get to go to the jags international game every year but that, we got to play at Top top stadium I, last, last year so Um, Nick Fido, he's our assistant sports field manager for the Jaguars. He goes over every year to assist with that uh, endeavor. And he actually was able to give me the tour of the stadium itself and kind of see the amount of work and money that was spent to be able to keep that pitch tucked away for 14 days while the NFL played on the synthetic um, and the amount of care that was going into it while it was tucked away. uh, It was absolutely mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of Sorry, it just ahead. shows the the importance that uh, over there they they put on the grass itself. So,
0: and so that's that's where my mind sort of wanders when it comes to stuff like this. Is like why why is it that obvious? And again, don't get me wrong. NFL is great, MLB is great, but when we talk about top of the line programs slash ownership slash league like coverage, soccer is far above and beyond anything that we could e- ever try to accomplish like Real Madrid is an international thing. Everyone knows who Real Madrid is. They put out so much again internationally speaking. The NFL is the American sport. Like there's not many uh football teams across the country outside of Canada maybe and again mm-hmm. they have made that decision to understand the significance that the field plays on their investment. And I've said this a thousand times because I think it makes a lot of sense, but Travis Hogan is the first line of defense for your half a billion dollar investment in Patrick Mahomes because half of his injuries is turf toe. And if you have an artificial turf field that he plays on, it's going to cause issues with that, you know, Um, and the fact that they can. Have you seen um, it's Real Madrid, actually, their new mock-up. The trace Yeah, I,
1: I, I did. And I heard, I believe, I can't remember the gentleman's name that was on. I believe it was on your Paul. show.
0: Yeah, Paul. Yeah,
1: I did listen to that one. And uh, after hearing that, uh, Google was the first website I visited to see <laughs> a picture of that. Um, and that's uh, absolutely unbelievable. I mean... So
0: the fact that a team's willing to put that money in for... I mean, I don't even know how deep it's got to be. Like the hole is, you know, like why is it that we can't make that investment Because everybody thinks that that the investment can be avoided with these artificial turf fields, you know? Um,
1: To an extent, yeah. I mean, they're right. Um, But, you know, I believe Nick just replaced his field in Atlanta, and that was after two years. That's Um, my
0: biggest pet peeve. Like, when you said that's my pet peeve, I have a problem that an NFL team understands that it only lasts two years for however many games are actually played on it, which, again, is astronomically less than say a high school or a parks and rec artificial field that gets pushed to 15 years. Cause people don't want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But it's really, yeah, so, it's probably way less than that. So yeah, two years short time.
1: It's a very short time and that's also concerning as well. And, uh, but you know, these, uh, facilities that are being built are being built to, uh, I just saw, um, uh, Danny's turnaround up in Carolina, um, yeah. It hit, it, what they just did in like the last weekend um, was incredible. I mean, going that was, from event another. to event, and and that's you know where ownership groups like the Teppers or whoever have you um, are trying to get their bang for their buck for those those stadiums, and that's the only justification they have for that turf field, and uh, and it's unfortunate, um, but I think there's solutions around that with future buildings. Um I like trace sy- tray systems and things like that.
0: We have the solutions already in country, you know. When you talk about Vegas and um Arizona, Andy, like those guys have it perfectly made. And Vegas did an even better job to put that artificial underneath the trays. Like okay. Yeah, especially a sharing a
1: yeah, sharing a stadium with I believe it's UNLV, um, so they can come in and play on the synthetic. I yeah. mean that's makes you know, if they're that's not their investment. Their investments in the Raiders and those uh, those players. Yep. So, if a college wants to come in and rent or lease a facility, I think that that is smart. Um, would it be nice for them both to be able to play on grass? Of course, um, they probably you, could you,
0: invest in it like more yeah. if wanted to. So, but, but it, you know,
1: that's a whole different t- conversation about funding, but. Um yeah I mean <laughs> yeah we won't we, we won't poke that bad, right? <laughs> we we did do a synthetic turf astroturf uh practice field here, and it was a lot you know it's it was our soccer team's main training facility, but it's also the intramural complex, and there's no way that we would lacrosse and club rugby that we could keep up with it. the two worst sports for any natural grass field uh in my opinion, yeah, so
0: yes. maybe for that like
1: purpose. It. Yeah,
0: we yeah. have field hockey <laughs> for the first time yesterday and they were swinging their sticks. And I, my heart was like, oh, "Nope, no, do don't do it. You know, but yeah, luckily
1: uh, that that is not a popular sport down here. We do not deal with field hockey. Um, but uh, with everything that that field is going to go through being as you know, a warm up area for track meets, being uh, a club rugby and lacrosse game field. I mean, that was the, the perfect solution for us. Um, they, they can go out there and, and beat it to death. Um, so uh, I'm not saying, but again, that doesn't come without issues in itself. I I had a, a seam rip earlier this week. So with AstroTurf, they're actually glued together. Um, so you have to, you know, clean it out, glue it back. And, um, so I'm not saying that it's maintenance free by any means, but it will take, take a beating for sure.
0: And that's the other part that a lot of high schools and that, again, obviously, you know what you're doing and at a high level, and I know you're awesome at what you do. Um, but high schools don't understand the maintenance side of things. Like I, I brought it up during COVID. I brought it to the County. I said, are we disinfecting the fields? And they're like, what are you talking about? I said, it's plastic and you're disinfecting every single surface in the school building. And the kids aren't allowed to take their mask off outside. And you have a field that people are being tackled on and breathing on slash getting germs everywhere. So why are we not disinfecting the fields? They're like, we'll look into that. Nothing was done. (laughs) So again, like, there are so many levels to the maintenance side of things, moving the infill, understanding that, hey, maybe you shouldn't be putting all of your lacrosse practice on just the goal mouth because you need to add rubber every game if that's how it's going to go. They don't pay attention to the fact that it isn't maintenance-free and it's not something that will last unless you maintain it. So... And they think they just throw the drag on and do it once a week. And it's, it's, there's so many things to it that I don't even understand, which we're actually getting a practice field too. We were lucky enough to avoid our game field getting destroyed. But um, again, when it comes to equity across the County, we had to have one. So uh, it's going on a practice field as well, but there are so many things that we don't understand and talking to Ryan and Nick about all of the things that they go through and, and, the conversions and then talking to Danny about removing the paint, putting new paint in. Like there are so many things we don't understand about artificial. And it's even further from that when it comes to the high school athletic directors who are like, finally, I don't have to cut the field anymore. You know? So,
1: yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I had to, you know, it's a campus recreation shared facility with us. So uh, I'm the liaison basically between athletics and campus recreation, you know, we're the ones maintaining it which also will, you know, impact use or, you know, anything like that. Um, so we had, you know, we invested in um, uh, with Pioneer Athletics, a, uh, a new Graco paint machine, um, had to learn about game line removable paint, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as the Blitz chemical to remove the paint, and then a scrubber to scrub the paint off, uh, and then uh, just learning some tricks to get the paint to wash away. Um, so that was my first experience doing, dealing with that. Um, we painted for, uh, rugby, um, the lines on our field are for, I believe it's club rugby and, uh, union rugby is a different set of lines. Um, it's all in meters and it's all very confusing to me. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Freaking rugby. They were, (laughs) uh, I didn't understand any of the uh, terminology they were using when they were asking me about different lines. I would just point to the picture and we would paint it. Um, I'll <laughs> yes, definitely right. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, we do have the lines down and I'll be interested. We're going to scrub them here in the next week or two uh, to take them off. So um, talk to Nick and, and some of the guys about how they've done it and we'll see how it goes. That's
0: best of luck with that. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. So I, I actually finally got to meet you down in Savannah at SFMA, which was awesome. Uh, it was great to see everybody in person. Finally, after all that time. Um, what has it meant to you to be a part of the Sports Field Management Association and how's that had an impact on your career up until this point?
1: I mean, I think it's one of the best organizations that I've been a part of uh, throughout my careers so far. Um, just networking and talking with people that um, you would have never thought would be as open to talking with you, no matter what level you're working at. I mean, you have some of the best industry professionals, uh, on your show, but then also talking to your students as well, um, which is something that is um, almost unheard of really in any other industry. Um, I wish that uh, I could go back and then go to Bartram Trail High School as a high school student down the street from me with Josh and you know his program and take it. I mean, if I would have seen that in high school, I probably wouldn't have worked anywhere else um, straight out of high school. Um, so just getting involved in that Uh, we're trying to relaunch now the the North Florida chapter of the SFMA. Um, I've got a graphic designer that already did a logo for us trying to get the social medias back up and get our guys out here meeting again. Um, it's kind of a, you know, we don't have a lot out in in North Florida, but we stretch all the way to Tallahassee, um, down to almost Orlando. So getting to get, you know, Chris is actually at FSU. Chris Denson is the, the president of North Florida. And then I'll be the vice president. Uh, once we get up and rolling, that's awesome. Um, but I, re- I really want to try to push the, the parks and rec high school side of things up here, um, just with education, uh, and resources. I mean, there's so many resources that either get wasted, uh, at the professional level and the, and the co- collegiate level with projects that we do with either extra equipment, leftover materials, stuff that we just, um, would throw away that I would rather repurpose at a high school or, um, I'm not sure with compliance if we're supposed to say that we're giving it to a high school um it just ends up there somehow Nudge,
0: nudge, surplused out
1: it somehow ended up at your field or what What you you know (laughs) so just you know the jags are taking out 13 fields this year and by the time they take it out it may be still the nicest field in jacksonville right and they just throw them away no matter you know they don't some some people read send them to the farm or whatever have you. But um, I know, I think these will be thrown away at the landfill. Imagine if you could have had a high school field already prepped and ready and had them playing at a local school and knowing that they're going to get a new field put in. And if we could ch- try to donate some labor to, to make that happen um, or even them, you know, foot the, put the bill of labor and us giving them free grass. Um, I love that. Just little things like that. I mean, if I was at that level, I would have died for, you know, if I was getting rid of a, an air fire field, right you know or whatever you know i could i would have loved for that you know i was a beggar then you know i would always be asking um you know people for things there was one year at a parks and rec uh, field i was at that um the jags actually i think gave me half a pallet of ryegrass seed to oversee um you know just stuff like that where you can give back i think is huge
0: too absolutely and it's uh i so we did it in pittsburgh we didn't give it away we had a training camp was at uh st vincent college in latrobe which one of the fields was taken over by poa and we were like oh man this is not pretty so uh chris was like we're gonna move our game field before the concert season to latrobe and have it set up so that we have a brand new field out there we'll do the three concerts and then we'll put the new field in heinz sorry accurate sure whatever it is (laughs) um but like you said something like that if we could set something up where it isn't too much because i think a lot of the things that happen is like it's it's like oh we got to get the field in before the next game like we can't just roll it up and move it out you know that'll Mm -hmm. take an extra few hours that we can't lose so um but I, i think that's awesome and it's definitely something that we should do as an industry better Um, Yeah,
1: even that, you know, on the training and education side, too, um, I partnered with the guys over with the St. Johns County, which is uh, right down the road from us. Their parks and rec group is huge. Um, And there are a lot of really passionate guys um, that just really haven't had that um, on, you know, upper level training, which, you know, may not always translate back to their local Little League field, but they can try their their damn best to get it, you know, Mm -hmm. as close as possible. Um, I'm not saying that we're a Taj Mahal here by any means, but, um, we're at least a grade over a parks and rec, uh, you know, 90 foot field. So, um, what we did was I told them, I said, if you guys want to send a crew of your staff over, I'll give my crew the night off and you'll come work as my game day guys. And we'll show you the ropes. And they absolutely loved it. They came in around two o'clock for, I think it was a six or seven o'clock game. That was their whole day of work that day. Um, came work with me and, uh, put them on the hose, put them on the painter, um, let them prep for a division one baseball game. I think it was against maybe Boston college, um, or UConn was here and they loved it and they learned a lot. We did everything from prepping the field to patching and cleaning up afterwards and just them seeing the way that we do it. Um, hoping they would take some stuff back with them to their parks.
0: That is incredible. And that's, what we need in this industry and i know you've been a big advocate and a lot of other people are trying to do more obviously with the north sfma well will be huge and uh like you said there's a lot of untapped sort of markets that as an industry we should be honing in on parks and rec um athletic directors i think is one of the biggest unknowns that like I know you don't think this guy's, but you're you're field managers. Like you're, you're doing all this work to get the fields ready. It might not be at the highest level, might not be the best level, but you guys are field managers, and you could benefit a lot from being a part of this organization. Whether that's education, having someone to talk to, network, all these things. Um, so I want to thank you for all that you're doing down there, because uh, it yeah, sounds like sure. you guys are heading in the right direction, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So we wrap up the show with these uh, two questions and obviously with your uh, career and the path that you've taken, it's so unique. Um, If there was something that you wish you knew uh, heading into your career in sports field or sports turf, whatever it is, you know, um, (laughs) it doesn't have to make anything easier, better or whatnot. But if there is one thing that you wish you knew, what would that one thing be and why?
1: So I think if it was before I got into it, I I wish I would have for one known about the industry itself um, and known how passionate individuals are in the industry. Like I said, that probably would have led me to not work anywhere else at the beginning of all this. Um, But I I think that's, I mean, for me, I think that's the biggest piece is um, I can call anyone at any time and any time of day. It could be um, my equipment dealer or it could be, um, you know, that worked in major league baseball or, you know, uh, Nick with the Jags, uh, if I have a question or concern and they're going to answer, uh, if they don't, they're going to get back with me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and they'll kind of talk it, talk it through or talk me off a ledge or, uh, whatnot. And, uh, I think that's, that's the biggest piece for me. Right. So what would your best words of advice be to me as a student? So as a student, if you're looking, you know, to advance your career in, in sports turf, is um, to to one, not be afraid to make mistakes, and two, um, you know, you're you're gonna kill some grass. I mean, we all, <laughs> I love it, we all have done it. Um, but you know, that's the challenge and that's the fun part. I mean, you know, obviously here it's a little bit different. If I have like a little burn spot, I'm paranoid. But in a parks and <laughs> rec, you have tw- you have twenty acres, a little fur you know burn isn't gonna you know nobody may not even see that um but just don't don't be afraid to make mistakes try things um you know people push me to try to you know uh do things differently all the time um you know investing in technology that that can help you do your job but i think um the biggest thing would be just don't be afraid to make mistakes
0: Well, I want to thank you again for helping out making the studio a special place. Uh, It's awesome to have all the little touches from, again, you. So we really appreciate that. Uh, I hope you're having a good year. I hope the summer is treating you well coming to the end. Maybe things will slow down a little bit with uh, keeping up with mowing. You can ask these two today. uh, We're bailing some hay just a little bit.
1: Yeah. It might a, right, it been a We're there right now. And we're trying to trying to squeeze the primo app in as we speak. So it's just just fighting it, and that's that's the fun part of it.
0: Well, again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. It's always great talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you, in Utah.
1: You too, Drew. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys.